my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me the hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! If you dreamed of becoming a professional wrestler, it's time to make that dream a reality. The Stride Pro Wrestling Training Academy is now enrolling new students. Classes meet on Tuesdays and Thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. for just $60 per month. Be sure to check out the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page at facebook.com slash stridepro-wrestling and get enrolled now. Hey friends, welcome to episode 372 of the My One Two Three Cents podcast. I appreciate you listening. Hope you had a great new year. And I want to remind you that right now on ProWrestlingTees.com slash My One Two Three Cents, you can save 20% when you order a Stride Pro Wrestling or a My One Two Three Cents t-shirt. Uh, that sale goes on until Thursday, January 6th. So again, thank you for that support. And speaking of Stride Pro Wrestling, we are... Back in our pattern of two is greater than one for the first Monday of each month. And Tyler Heath Hatton, Stride Pro Wrestling, and the number one contender for the Stride Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. Seemingly, uh, you have a big opportunity coming up this Saturday night, January 8th. But before we get there and talk about that, I want to pick your brain a little bit about what happened at day one with WWE. Um, I guess the biggest news coming out of the event, Roman Reigns. Diagnosed with COVID-19, unable to defend against Brock Lesnar, so he is inserted into that uh, fatal four-way. What are your thoughts? Was was Brock a Sherlock to win this, do you think? Or was this a quick pivot, and now they've got the title on him, so where do they go from here? I mean, I, I don't think at all. I, I don't know. I, I, have, I, I have my speculation that I think that they've, it's going to be Rock and Roman Reigns at, at mm. WrestleMania. And mm. I, I have no other insight to think. I, that, that's just what I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think the plan has been Brock versus Reigns at Mania because uh, we've seen that enough times. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, part of me thinks that the plan was, honestly, you know, I think Lesnar has openly said he wants to work with Bobby Lashley. And I think Bobby Lashley has openly said he wants to work with Lesnar. And so, I mean, I think that was probably the plan, you know, uh, and, and maybe they were going to do it at the Rumble or, or do something. You know, I mean, this this kind of tells me that maybe Brock was penciled in to win the Rumble um, and, and then go face, you know, Bobby Lashley for the title. Um, this kind of tells me that, this gave them an opportunity to do something different. Go ahead and put the, the title on Brock and maybe let Bobby Lashley win the Rumble. Mm. You know, give him that that rub. So there's, uh, you know, there, there's lots of things 
that could come out of it. I think, um, you know, I think this tells you that, you know, I, I think the plan was for Lesnar, obviously, to beat, uh, or for Reigns, obviously, to beat Lesnar. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's that's what that means. And, and I think the this kind of tells you, you know, and I've read that, you know, they're wanting to do Reigns and, and Drew McIntyre at Mania, too. So, you know, this just gives a lot of different uh, uh, angles. You know, you hate to see it for, you know, Big E, but he's had a good title run, a long run. And, um, you know, it's just kind of, uh, you know, you hate to see it, you know, because Rollins and, and Kevin Owens seems like, you know, Kevin Owens took the back seat to Goldberg and, yeah. And uh, Lesnar a few years ago and Reigns kind of, you know, Rollins has kind of taken the back seat in the past to, to Brock. And, uh, you know, so you kind of hate to see it for them because, you know, Brock is known as a part timer. So you do hate to see it for them, you know, but on the other hand, you know, it's, um, you know, it's a, uh, we've talked about this before on here. It's what draws money. Yeah. What's going to put money on the table. And, and sometimes you look at it and this guy can draw money, you know, if one guy, okay, he can draw 20 million, but this guy can draw 65 million. Yeah. That guy's drawing 20, but this guy draws 65. And, and, and I think people struggle with that, you know, fans, especially, you know, where it's, um, you know, Brock, as you know, built, you know, he, he didn't just build that name in WWE. He went and built it UFC and he has went and built this empire. Same way with the rock, same way with a lot of these, same way with Cena. They, you know, they, they went and built this where they draw lots of money. So it, it, it sucks because, you know, I mean, and, and people can't say it aggravates me and all that. They just, you know, they're obsessed with Cena. I mean, Cena said it a thousand times. I mean, Vince McMahon said it. Cena was getting ready to get fired. I mean, he was on the chopping block. You know, Cena was Cena was on the way out the door before he came up with the with the rapping gimmick. Yeah. So he did it. He found a way to do it. He found a way, and he went and and did the the, the movie stuff. And he has went and and built it. So he, you know, when when you find a way to make money and do it you uh you know the wwe seems they reward you you know if you can if you can make somebody 65 million dollars they're going to use you well and i think a lot of times fans and i i've i've fallen into this as well but you know for the past 20 plus years you know there's a generation of fans that really know no different than you know wwe being a publicly traded company it's about more than just meeting the fans' expectations or satisfying the fans. There's a lot of stockholders and shareholders and, you know, executives and, and all that that have to be satisfied. I know that Fox has stipulations um, for, you know, the way some of the stories or, or programs happen. The USA Network is the same way. And everybody kind of turns to, to AEW as the savior and, oh, well, they listen to what the fans want and, you know, if AEW achieves the level of success in terms of, you know, reaching that level of being a publicly traded company one day, I think things would change a lot. I think right now it is, you know, the fans have made it their darling. It's, it's you know, everybody 
loves it because it's more about the wrestling and not entertainment and not this, that, and the other. And I think eventually the bottom will fall out, but you know, fans are so quick to, 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 you know, crap all over whatever WWE or Vince McMahon is seemingly doing. And I don't agree with every decision that's made for sure, but I also look at it as, well, these decisions are being made for more than just a guy in his late forties or you, someone in your, in your mid thirties, you know, there's so many other, uh, things to, to satisfy needs to meet and, and, and whatnot. So, uh, well, I mean, it's a good thing for people. And I, you know, I, you, you know, I know you steer more towards the Bruce, uh, Pritchard podcast. Yeah. I've always steered more to Eric Bischoff because I was, I was a WCW guy, but yeah. I, um, I find, you know, Bruce Pritchard, I, I, I like his podcast and I like the stories, but at the end of the day, you know, Vince McMahon has the final say. Yeah. So, you know, when they're doing good or they're doing great, it's because it's his final touch. And, um, Derek Bischoff, I find it fascinating because it was him. Right. It'd be, it'd be essentially the Vince McMahon doing a podcast and, when you hear him and you hear other people talk and you hear other pop, they all say the same thing. WCW went downhill whenever executives from TNT got involved mm-hmm. and they didn't like wrestling and they changed what was allowed to happen. Right. They changed what storylines were allowed. They did not allow WCW to go raunchy like WWE was. WWE had more freedom. And WWE at the time, really, you know, they even went to Spike TV because, you know, the rumor was USA was getting kind of fed up with the raunchiness Mm -hmm. that they were doing. And so, um, you know, so when you get TV execs and stuff, and right now, you know, uh, AEW does kind of push that that envelope, but it, it, it comes down to, you know, my my mindset and why I think wrestling is doing great right now, but it's also not doing that well in terms of numbers, mm-hmm. um, you know, ratings, um, is number one, you know, it, it is, um, it's a, you know, I mean, I, Cobra Kai came out, you know, Saturday and I watched the whole thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I watched the whole thing. Um, and that is kind of the way we are geared to, now i mean you know you were messaging me you know i need to watch that yeah i said that's on my to-do list and because you know whenever you get a break or get time you can sit down and do it that's kind of how i am with wrestling Mm -hmm. i don't i don't watch it live anymore yeah uh i go back and watch it and that's the thing is you know um I, i don't have to watch aew live and uh, and, and the thing is, too, where I think AEW is not growing. And again, I'm a guy who's sitting in my office at school, you know, with my feet propped up on my desk. Um, so, you know, I don't know everything, but I, you know, if you if you follow Adam Pierce, he always comments on, on fans that comment ignorant stuff. Thank you for watching our television program. Mm-hmm. He comments that all the time. Um, WWE, I think, is struggling because they are focused so much on the television programming side of it. And there is that, that disconnect because, you know, wrestling fans want to see wrestling 
and they want to see something new. And then on the other hand, you know, AW, like, I I struggle to watch it uh, sometimes because it's just wrestling, mm-hmm. which I right. love, obviously. You know, right, <laughs> I right. made a career out of it. I love wrestling, and I love doing it. However, I think on the grand scheme of things, I mean, heck, you can watch Stride Pro Wrestling anytime you want. You can watch OBW anytime you want. You can watch TNA anytime you want. You can watch WWE, WCW. I mean, heck, you can watch NWA anytime that you want. You can watch any match. There is probably over a billion matches on uh, on YouTube right, right now of wrestling matches. Right. Any type you want. You want, you know, death matches or whatever you're into. So the problem is, why is the average person going to tune in to watch a show that is just wrestling? Yeah. You have to engage them in a storyline. And WCW has, you know, 40 Hollywood actors trying to do that. The problem is, I think they need, they need somebody like a, a Vince Russo or a Bruce Pritchard, somebody that has a cusp or a grasp on what wrestling fans want today. I'm not, those two obviously don't, I'm not saying them. Right. They need somebody that has a grasp on what people want. AEW, I feel like is the same way. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just the storylines, you know, and, and Eric Bischoff, you know, he gets a lot of heat because he came out and said like, you know, CM Punk and these guys were a flop. Now, obviously, I don't, you know, I said it before, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles, in my opinion, are the two best wrestlers on the planet. Mm -hmm. So I'll tune in to watch a Daniel Bryan match because I know it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. And he's going to do a good job of putting it together. However, you know, it's, it's been, you know, I, I don't agree. I just don't agree with the, I'm going to come out and I'm going to be like, I want to wrestle Darby out, out, you know, Darby, uh, um, what's his Darby name? Allen. Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to wrestle him. So I'm going to wrestle him. That's going to be the match. Yeah. And I'm going to wrestle Eddie Kingston because something happened between us that you don't know about. But I'm going to wrestle Eddie Kingston. Like I can go to WWE Network and watch a million CM Punk matches. I can get on YouTube and watch a million of them. Like. That's what I love about the WWE Network. I mean, I sent you videos. I was watching uh, stuff from 2000 or 1999. Mm-hmm. I can go back and watch the Nitros going up to it and know what's happening and know why these guys are fighting. And WWE, you know, actually in our group chat, people were complaining about the commercials and the video packages. You know what? I actually enjoy them. Because I don't always watch wrestling live. So it tells me what's going on. And it makes the match more interesting when I see the backstory. Whenever the backstory is, hey, I came out on Friday three weeks ago. And I said, I want to wrestle this guy. Because dang it, I want to wrestle him. And that's the video package? Right. Why am I intrigued in watching that? Yeah. You know what makes me, and I get it, you have the 
you know, it, it's if Triple H came back and he did that, would I watch his one return match? Yeah, I would. I would watch it because he's my favorite wrestler. But if he did it and he wrestled a month later, I don't think I'd be intrigued. Mm-hmm. I don't. You yeah, know, it's like it's not there. I mean, look, I mean, the the Rock hadn't wrestled or been in WWE in seven years, and he comes out and they make him a host, and they build the match right then and there. Yeah, and they 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 could have brought everybody wanted to see Cena and Rock wrestle, but they made an angle out of it to make it even bigger, to make it even you know more than what it is. Um, and that, to me, is, like, that's what brings people and fans to want to watch it. Like, that's where it's like, you know, I, I was teasing. He's probably going to listen. I was teasing our boy Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, oh, my God, they did a three-year build for this guy. And I'm like, if you do a three-year build for somebody, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. It takes, you know, it's like, um, you know, and that's where I think, WWE does so many things wrong, mm-hmm. so many things wrong, and I'll and I'll be the first to admit it. However, when they do it right, they do it better than anybody. Yeah, um, like the Kofi Kingston thing. Oh yeah, and they say WWE doesn't listen to their fans. Like, and people got aggravated. I can remember somebody sent me a Snapchat that was like, "It's so annoying that um, they made Kofi wrestle like five guys in one night." And in order to win and they were met and I'm like, no, they are getting him on TV as many times as humanly possible. Right. They are building him. Yeah. They are wanting you. And they probably said a hundred times his 15 year career. They are building him up. Ramming him down your throat because they're, you know, and that's what, uh, I think I said on this podcast that year I felt so bad for the girls because you had Rousey, oh, yeah. Lynch, and them. They were the main event. However, Kofi got so hot, yeah, that it took away from them because you didn't expect Kofi Kingston to get Kofi Mania, right? And he got so hot. But WWE, they did that right. Daniel Bryan, same thing. People were mad and complaining. You don't think they didn't know? In SummerSlam the year before, how hot he was. Okay, now we're going to tell a story. We're going to have Triple H screw him over, put it on Orton. We're not going to give him the belt now. We're going to give it to him at Mania. We're going to build this yeah. story. And and that's what they do better than anybody else. Was like, you know, and because I didn't even really know, you know, when AEW was doing it, I didn't really know hangman was still in the main event i was still under the impression it was omega and Brian. <laughs> yeah well, you know right and i know they did the tournament and i watched some of it but it was kind of like um you know and uh my my assistant basketball coach is a gigantic aew fan and we watch it on the bus sometimes and we watch it in his office and, and, and he's uh he works here at the school and he loves aew and um, and I remember him telling me, like, I can't believe they put Hangman Page in the main event. Now, I'm so happy he won, and I'm so happy that they're doing this with him. But, I mean, I think the build and the push could have been more. It could have been, like, you know, something really big. But, you know, again, just my opinion. Is that a gamble, do you think? Because, it, you know, for AEW, uh, 
I would say, and, and this is no disrespect to Hangman Page, I don't know that much about him, but I, I would definitely say of the four heavyweight champions they've had, he's been the, I, I don't like to use the word weakest, but, you know, from Chris Jericho to John Moxley to Kenny Omega and now Hangman Page, who, you know, is a good talent, but I think it's good that they have given it to someone who is kind of one of their own, and I hate the term homegrown talents, but, you know, you want to see someone that maybe doesn't have that WWE or that, you know, Kenny Omega never was in WWE, but has been around the world, so to speak. But I think getting it away from Jericho and and Moxley, and I'm glad they didn't go with like Miro or Dust or uh, yeah, Dustin or Cody Rhodes. I think finally giving someone that that is out of that typical WWE box will eventually help them in the long run, but. Also, I wonder, you know, Daniel Bryan has kind of I, outshined him. I kind of feel like uh, I, I felt like I was happy that he got it, and I agree with you. I just wish the build would have been better. Yeah, I wish they would have made it more of an uphill climb, more of a. And I get it; they had the tournament and all that. Uh, but I mean, it just—I didn't really get the. I get they built him up before doing the underdog thing and i felt like in the past there was more of a desire more of a push for him to be that guy but i think you get all these wwe guys in you get cm punk and he kind of gets pushed down yeah and then he comes back up um and uh, but i do think you know he i i think i think i said on this podcast before he's i think one of the the best talents that they have is him he's one of the more entertaining ones mm-hmm. Um, he's one of the more realistic wrestlers that I prefer to watch. Um, so, you know, he, I think he deserves it. I just sometimes just really question the storytelling and, you know, and that's, that's just me and you on a podcast, Southern Illinois. I mean, <laughs> right, right. I'm not saying I could do any better. I'm not saying that. Um, but, uh, I, I just think from a fan's perspective and, um, you know, and you and me personally, you know, people are like, tell me, you know, you guys just don't like, you know, AEW or you don't like this company. And it's like, no, like, I, you know, I have friends that wrestle there right. and work there. And I have friends at the other one. Like, I want them to be, I want there to be more places to wrestle. That's why I say this. Like, I, yeah. I see it and nothing that we say is not factual, you know, yeah. um, because WWE, like I said, they have their faults and they do think, I mean, there are times when you're watching Monday Night Raw, you're like, oh my God, I can't get through this. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I yeah. just, I got to turn it off, you know, give me the chipmunks, give me anything else <laughs> that's more entertaining than this. Um, you know, so um, there are times that that is, and, and I think that is what is changing in the world today and changing with wrestling and changing with television is we're so what we want and we want it now. And, uh, you know, and so it's, uh, it's interesting. I'm just interested to see what happens in the wrestling world, yeah. um, moving forward with the way, with the way things are and the way, uh, things are moving with, as far as networks and, you know, television shows and just kind of the way it's structured now, you know, with Netflixes and all that, just, yeah kind of you know the the way it is and um i'm just very interested to see 
over the course, you know, of the, of the few years. And, you know, and that's kind of, you know, even with our company, it's COVID has changed everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it really has. It's yeah. made everything unpredictable. It's made, and, and it's, you know, and I hate to say that because it is costing people lives and it is a deadly a disease and it's, and it's awful. But it, uh, as a, as a wrestler and, and as a fan, it's, you know, it's, if you bought tickets to watch Roman Reigns and I mean, not granted, you know, he had leukemia, he had other issues and also, you know, he, he has COVID with leukemia. So that's, you know, gotta be terrifying, but yeah, it's just how crazy, um, COVID has, has, you know, changed things. I mean, the day of, you know, people were, you're right. Um, there was a lot, there was a lot of commercials and, you know, you have your heavyweight champ who has something that you find out the day of can't be there hours yeah. before the event. I mean, you know, and you can't just fly somebody in now with COVID. Right. Yeah. You have to exactly. Test them. You know, yeah. you can't just bring somebody. I mean, so it's, it's really all, it's just changed and it's changed the way television is done and it's changed the way, you know, we had the Thunderdome and it's, it's just, it's changed the way, fans watch it and what fans expect it's just uh it's really crazy it's it's just i'm just interested to see where it moves you know going forward um and how the world changes and and how the world uh, you know adapts to to you know coming out of covid if we ever get to come out of it and, and just you know it's just crazy to me you know that you know you don't think about it but you know three hours before the event your heavyweight champ test net test positive for you know something and can't be there absolutely and, you yeah know. well and i think that you know i, I hate to yeah I, I guess this is the right way to say it uh, a positive aspect from the COVID era that you know you mentioned it with wwe with thunderdome and and having to adjust and and do things differently you know, something that we did with Stride, those those handful of months that we didn't have any fans there, you know, we were recording uh, over the course of a couple of days and, and putting matches together and, and putting them up on YouTube. And that has, you know, been a positive aspect of it, I guess, is the fact that we've been able to adapt and, and kind of, you know, and obviously it's not a, a big, uh, big time production or anything like Thunderdome, but we are giving fans maybe who can't make it to a stride show uh, an opportunity to still see. And we've carried that on even after, you know, the mandates were, were lessened and whatnot. And we were able to have fans and, and, and have them come out and, and watch shows at, at the stride building. It's been a good thing to be able to provide that. And, you know, we get, um, you know, obviously we get what a hundred, maybe 125 people in our building. And now we get hundreds and, and thousands sometimes of, of people watching uh, our matches and whatnot. So I, f- I feel like that's been a good aspect of it is, is able to expand our footprint a little bit and not, you know, even though we're based in Southern Illinois, people from really all over the world can literally watch now and know uh, about stride pro wrestling. Yeah. It's uh you know, it's, it's just funny to me that just kind of the way where we were at, you know, pre-COVID, I mean, we were, I mean, we were really hot. I mean, we were just, you know, stride anniversary 
um, you know, happened. And I can remember us, you know, the governor had where you had to have under 500 people. Mm-hmm. And and I can remember us being afraid. Right. That, that we could draw. I mean, because that was realistically where we were at. Yeah. And I mean, we had over 300 people there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I, and I can remember... Um, you know, telling and telling uh, my wife who was taking tickets at the door to uh, to make sure she counted, you know, and um, and, you know, that was in a cold building. They messed up the heater. Yes. Just, uh, the roof broke on the other venue. And, and it was just kind of, I think, the telltale sign of what was coming. Right. Um, but uh, it was. Uh, um, but we were we were just extremely, extremely. Um, doing well and you know the first few tapings that we put out i mean you go back and look one of them has like two thousand views on it yeah you know to to some people that's you know it's no kevin huntsberger's you know eight million views on tiktok but (laughs) it uh you know for us it was kind of a big deal and um you know that and they were watching the whole shows and and so you know now it's it's kind of redirected uh, the way, you know, we structure shows and we put shows together and the way we put matches together. And uh, it's been, you know, as a, as the guy who was booking the matches for stride during that time, it was probably, uh, you know, I, I, during that time, I kind of wanted to walk away Mm -hmm. from wrestling. It was, it was very hard. It was very challenging. Um, because, um, you know, you, you're trying to, you know, I never wrote television before. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a whole so new ballgame. I'm essentially writing television and then, you know, you're, you're stuck in this, um, in the, in between a rock and a hard place because you know, you can't live in the COVID era forever. And you, you can't live that life forever, but then also like you're kind of restricted on what you can do and you have this building that has to be paid for. Right. And you have, you know, the electric bill and and the water bill and, and, you know, it's, it's so funny because now that I've stepped away from handling all this stuff, like, uh, the guy that handles the money situation now, you know, just, just yesterday was messaging me how stressful it is. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and people, I don't think really, you know, understand how expensive it is to run a wrestling show. And I think now that's kind of what I'm happy with is we could get bigger venues and I could find a bigger place, but that comes with more bills. And I was always told, you know, you got to spend money to make money. And, um, that's easy to say when you're telling somebody to spend their money right exactly <laughs> but when it's your money it, it's not that it's it's just not that way and um it's you know you you do all this stuff for essentially other people um uh, you know you you know stride was 100 percent made for other people and you know at, at the end of the day you know you you start looking what do you enjoy for yourself? Well, I enjoy wrestling. I can go anywhere I want and wrestle. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and I get it. And not everybody has that luxury. And you know, uh, you know, certain people message me about going to OVW. I got Roger hooked up with them, and 
and now he's going there and he enjoys it. But I mean, not essentially everybody can go wrestle anywhere. And so, uh, you know, you're filled with this big burden to keep it, but it was very challenging, you know, writing storylines that you have to do promos for and you have to, you know, it's very difficult when you are with no fans there. WWE, they can pipe in sound. Right, can't right. Do that. Yeah. So it's very hard whenever you are booking and somebody's like, hey, I want to be champ. And it's like, well, the crowd's not really responding to you. You're not getting those Kevin Hunchberger type pops. <laughs> you're, you know, you're, you're getting this guy pops, you know, and you're, you're not really over. You think you are in your mind, but you're not. And you can prove it. Okay. I put you in the main event. We didn't really draw a big number. The crowd was quiet during your match. But when there's no fans there and guys are wanting stuff and wanting a push and, and you can't justify it other than saying, I don't think you're that good. Right, <laughs> you, know, right. you, you don't want to be that guy that says that. And it's very, you know, and, it, and it's very difficult. Um, and, uh, and so that was something that I had to overcome, but now I kind of feel like we're stride that is we can stay in that 75 to a hundred fan range and we can put our show online and we can basically tell the story still using those small amount of fans that we have. And that's the way it was done in Memphis, you know, during the studio tapings and kind of the way NWA does it. And yeah. That's kind of the way that stride is now geared because, you know, whenever I ask people can, where can we get a venue? Why don't you ask schools? I teach at a school. They're making people test right. every week to work here. Yeah. They are, you know, if somebody in your classroom is sick, they're making you quarantine. What makes you think they're going to want me to have a wrestling show? Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I get it. You know, there's holiday tournaments, basketball games and stuff going on. But those are the kids that are on the floor playing. Those are the students. They're not 30-year-old men in underwear <laughs> wrestling each other. Right, right. And, you know, so it, it's it's very hard. I mean, me and you have been trying for how long to find different venues. Right, yeah. I mean, we've called so many places and we've messaged places and we've emailed them. Uh, you know, it's coming out of this pandemic is, has not really been easy. I know... You know, our friends over at Anified Underground, they were asking me for other venues and places to run because they were having issues. Mm. It, it's just very difficult to find buildings and places to run right now. So um, the worst strides at, I feel, I feel like we're in a good place now. We have the pressures off me, um, you know, where I'm buying a new house and I could take my kids on vacation, just stuff I, you know, I couldn't do between softball and, uh, you know, my daughter and, and my wife and, and, you know, doing stuff at the school, I could never leave because of stride. Um, because I did everything, right. which was my own stupidity and my own <laughs> fault. Um, and it added a lot of stress and it made me not like wrestling and it made me not like being around it um, because I couldn't understand why people would get upset if they weren't in the match they wanted, or they would get upset, you know, for this or that. I couldn't understand because 
stride was made for everybody else stride was not made for me stride was made for everybody else so i struggled because i'm doing this for other people and you know i felt like they weren't grateful and it made me you know uh resent it but now that i've taken a bunch of steps back and i i you know I'm putting my money in things and things for me and my family, but then stride is able to still go, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's essential to, you know, you just paid for a new pool, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and what if I was to be like, Kevin, screw your pool. (laughs) Let's build a pole barn in your backyard. Yeah. You know, tell Lisa, we're going to build this pole barn. We're going to put a ring in it. We're going to have wrestling shows. You know, that that's essentially what I did for the last five years. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I was doing it for everybody else and I enjoyed it. And then it kind of came to a point where it was, you know, um, I mean, there were so many times, you know, I'm thankful for guys like you and Red Daniels, you know, because um, how many times was it just me, you and Red? trying to figure stuff out right right yeah you know how many times is it me and you in red trying to set the ring up you know um you know going to john a logan and you know and just you know uh, us three really honestly you yeah. know uh and everybody wanted to show up and wrestle <laughs> you know they're, oh y'all you know i want to come wrestle you know i mean we got a buddy who we talked about all the time. We'd be setting up the ring and he's sitting there watching us worrying about <laughs> if he's going to be in the main event or not. Right. You know, yes. um, and it, it was, um, it, it got to where, but where it's at now, I feel like the fact that I can just show up and wrestle and show up, you know, somebody actually sent me a message after last month's show, like for the first time in a long time, he's like, it looked like you were having a good time. Like you were just having fun. Yeah. And I was like, cause all I had to do was put my match together. That was it. Yeah. You know? And so it's, it's to me, that is what I want to do right now. And, um, of course, if anybody has any advice or, or anybody has any questions about advice or, of course I talk to them and I give them input and I tell them, this is what I think I should do. But, I'm at a point now to where if they don't do it, I don't give a crap. Yeah, right. <laughs> Before I had a care because it was my company and, and I was running everything. But now I'm like, okay, don't do it. I don't yeah. care. If you don't like it, <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, that's – and then that's, you know, that takes us to Saturday night where gearing up for the first big show of the new year, New Year's Knockout. And you find yourself uh, wrestling for the heavyweight championship for the first time in – you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know all of 2020, you were, you know, when you were in stride, uh, I'm sorry, in 2021, when you were, you know, uh, a part of the active roster, it was you and Cash Borden, uh, you know, just beating the hell out of each other. And and I don't know the last time you wrestled for the championship. It was uh, January 2021 when Riser cashed in. Oh, you were, yeah, that's right. You we were in that, fatal, it was a fatal, fatal four-way. Way. That's right. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's been a year, you know, that you've kind of sat out and, and waited, and, and now you're getting your shot. So, uh, obviously, it, it's a big deal. I think anytime, you know, like we were talking earlier, uh, 
Roman Reigns and and The Rock and Brock Lesnar and you know those uh, attractions, if you will. And I, I think that you have earned the status of of being an attraction with Stride Pro Wrestling, even though you are still a very much a part of the active roster. So, does that put any uh, you know, kind of now six years into this Stride Pro Wrestling adventure, um, you know, what what does that do for you as far as being now in, in, in contention for the championship and not necessarily the champion and not having all that other pressure of, of being uh, so many other parts of the company? Um, I mean, there, to be honest, there's no pressure. When Stride first started, I could remember Axe Hallward. Um, I wasn't going to be in the, I, I kind of was going to be like, I'm never going to be the champ. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to be in that role. And I can remember Axe called me and Axe was like, I've wrestled all these guys in Southern Illinois for all these years. And he's like, you know, you're the most over guy I've ever wrestled in this area. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you have to be the champ because you're the draw. And and we told the story, and, and I've said this before. I've always said TLC with Roger was my favorite. Um, you know, the first show we did at the mall, the first ever stride show, oh, my God, there was like 400-something people there. I mean, it was just crazy. Yeah. And we did that fatal four-way with me, Axe, Tony, and and Wyatt, um, Frank Wyatt. And, and it was just sold out. It was crazy. And then um, the next month, you know, I remember I was in the middle of the card. And we didn't draw very well. And I remember Axe called me after and told me, you're going to have to start booking yourself in the main event. And I didn't want to. Mm -hmm. I said, no, I I don't want to. I don't, uh, I don't want to be that guy. And that's when he told me that. And so I remember we wrestled West Frankfurt and we did pretty well. And then I won the title. And then I could remember we were drawing okay pretty well but we did a show and we didn't really have a big draw and i think i wrestled uh um i wrestled dalton diamond and mm. in the middle of it it wasn't a, you know just me and dalton right and there wasn't a big crowd there and i could remember being like i'm not like I, I, i'm not working i'm not doing it and then you know we did the next the next show and roger came out and you know threw me through a table and <laughs> And beat me up, and and we were building for me and Roger in this TLC match, and then we get to Pinckneyville, and it is sold out, and we're at Jerry Travelstead's home where he had already had a, a ladder match, and you know he had already built this huge thing, and we had a you know a wrestling name there. I think Hacksaw was there, but at the end, me and Roger are wrestling, and it's still sold out, and yeah. people are still there. Yeah, and I that's when I realized like okay i am kind of over <laughs> and so uh and, and and that and that's honestly i always joke on here but i've always questioned you know should i be doing this should i be putting myself here and so anyway um now you know when i went away um and and riser has been drawing a nice crowd and people are still in it and the way he's been able to kind of carry it without really any you know, he, he's called me and me and him have talked, you know, we talked on the phone for like 45 minutes one night. He asked for advice and he wanted booking advice and, and main event character advice. And we had a real long conversation about it. And, um, and I gave him all the advice I had, but for the most part, he's navigated it on his own. And, 
And so, you know, for me, it was kind of like, would people care if I came back Mm -hmm. or not? You know, because they're towards the end, um, you know, because I am an attraction. I understand that now. And And I'm not just an attraction for wrestling and being on WWE and OVW. I'm an attraction because... I'm a basketball coach. I worked at the gym. I've been on the news. Me and you do funny things together. I mean, you're popular. People, you know, I mean, even at my school today, people are like, what's that news guy like? Um, (laughs) Well, people people know who you are. Yeah. And and, and so that, you know, and so it's, and so they, you know, they, they kind of, you know, uh, you know, for what, whether you want to admit it or not, or I want to admit it, when, uh, for whatever reason, people associate me with you, and probably <laughs> you with me, and then they, they, right. they do, right. you know. Yeah, and um, and so you know they they probably wonder what goes on in private. I mean, I don't know, but <laughs> they for what we've kind of built with Southern with APW and here they they kind of just associate us together. Yeah, and so um, you know it, it kind of helps. Like you're you're a draw and, and on a different. Re- level and I'm a draw on a different level but anyway I knew I thought when I came back people would be frustrated so that's why I wanted to come back as a heel mm-hmm. when I came back because I feel like oh he's back he's going to be whatever but the reaction that I got you know and uh was what I wanted and then people were messaging me and then the last show were sold out right and and the crowd, you know, I know you you skipped out because uh, you got your check and left, but uh, <laughs> but they uh, they were very torn. You know, I can remember uh, my buddy Chad Banks messaged me and he said uh, this guy kept booing me and his son was mad. And I guess on the way home, his son was like, "I don't care if, if he's a bad guy; he's still my guy." <laughs> so oh, yeah. uh, and so he. Uh, so it, it felt good to be away for that long and to be able to come back. As far as being in the in the main event and the, and the title picture, um, I, you know, you, you've always heard people talk about John Cena and, and, and The Rock on that big of a level. It, it's really hard for me um, to come back and wrestle at stride now. Anywhere else, you know, SICW, Herb uh, Simmons has messaged me. Every time he messages me, it's he wants me to go for his title or wrestle his main event guy. And and, and, and I never understood it. Like, why? Why would you want me? I'm not there. I'm not a regular. But it falls into that Brock Lesnar and that, and that Rock and Cena. If you come back, if I come back to stride, you know, look at me and Cash last year. Mm-hmm. You know, we got voted match of the year. Um, and I, you know. I sent it out to people, people voted. Um, and it was because I think what I do is sometimes a, a draw that it overlaps the title picture. Cause in my, you know, I'll be honest, I voted and I voted Axe and riser. Mm-hmm. I've said it on this podcast that I felt like Axe and riser was the best match of the year. They had no gimmicks. They had no nothing. It was just a straight up wrestling match. And I was amazed by it. I right. thought it was match of the year. Um, and uh, and I voted for um, second for Elijah and uh, and Garrett because I don't like voting for myself. But uh, but people voted it because they're drawn 
to it. And that was a really cool story me and Cash told. And, 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 uh, and Cash is, you know, in my opinion, way more talented than I am um, in that sense. So um, it was, uh, you know, so when I, you know, coming back, you know, being in the main event and people wanting it to be, and, you know, and Riser wanting to wrestle me, you know, Riser asking to wrestle me and asking to be in a match with me is, you know, uh, it's funny because you would think somebody like myself who's, who's been a lot of places and done a lot of things, but stuff like that means a lot when mm-hmm. younger guys want to work with you and want to have a match with you. And, and it kind of like it, it pays tribute to, because there's no reason now why Riser should want to wrestle me. You know, because, you know, he's not sucking up. Right. You know, he's not kissing up to me, you know. And, and for him to say, I want to wrestle you because he knows it's going to be good. You know, it's it's on a smaller scale when The Undertaker wanted to work with Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Undertaker could work with anybody he wanted to when he asked to work with Roman Reigns. So it's, it's neat to me. And it's uh, because, you know, it, it, it kind of shows, you know, I, I'm more worried about, if I can do it cardio wise, uh, I'm not in the best shape anymore, but, but I know that's a long winded response to your (laughs) question, but that's, well, yeah, I think it's a testament too, though. Like you, you know, going back to the original part of the conversation where you said that ax had reached out to you in those early days of stride, knowing that you're kind of that, um, foundation of sorts. And now fast forward six years. And I know six years, uh, on one hand is a lifetime. I think in the world of professional wrestling, we've done a lot in, in these past six years. And I think that you becoming kind of that, um, you know, remaining that foundation and, and being that guy that the younger talent, because before you were kind of the tweener where you were, you weren't the old guy and you weren't the young guy. And I, and I'm not saying that you're the old guy by any means now, but you are definitely six years more experience, not only, with stride but with obw and then you've you've dipped your toe in that wwe water during your tenure with stride as well so i think it's it's you know circle of life or or come full circle to see you as that younger talent that you know was was giving you know ax allwart who is is you know one of those guys that has just been around the world not the world but been around as well and has seen it all in terms of, of indie wrestling and, and being around here in Southern Illinois. And I, you know, respect his opinion and his thoughts and him reaching out to you to now riser. And now you've got Savion airs. Who's working with ax. Uh, they've, I, I've been wildly impressed with those two and what they've done uh, in 2021. And, and, and I'm looking forward to what they're going to do uh, on Saturday night as well with this chain match. And, and that's got to make you proud too, with, with Savion, with, um, with Riser, uh, Dexter Roswell, you know, these guys that you trained six years ago and, and some of them have come and gone, but you know, those three have, uh, have really kind of excelled and have really uh, shown a lot to the stride fans. I think, I mean, I think it's kudos. Honestly, I'm going to give a shout out to first of all, Red Daniels, mm-hmm. because, you know, he really was instrumental in Riser and, uh, yeah. and Savion's training. Uh, before before he stepped away and uh you know it's um uh, and then i just really passed on knowledge and advice and 
I would come in from time to time and help and watch. But I mean, really, you know, those guys, Red Daniels, Jay Spade, you know, they really took those guys under their wing. Um, you know, I'm, you know, you mentioned his name. Like I, I know he, he probably get mad at me for saying this, but the guy who came, has come the longest way in wrestling that I am, and probably uh, one of the most proud of would be Garrett uh, mm-hmm. Dexter Roswell. Um, I'll be honest, but you know when he started, um, you know he he you know he messaged me. He wanted to come in, and then he didn't, and then he did, and. I said, why don't you come in and announce? You were going to be gone. You probably mm-hmm. skipped out because you got paid early. <laughs> and you weren't going to be there. And uh, so he came in and announced and, you know, and then he came to, you know, to training and he was kind of like Scott Phoenix. I had to put a helmet on him so he didn't kill himself. Yeah. And uh, he had this weird, you know, his bobble head where he bobbled and he had spiked hair and he was just kind of all over the place. And, um, but he, he found his niche and I just, I remember he just, he came into his own and, uh, and, you know, and now look at him, you know, where he's at and, uh, you know, and I think, and this is not a knock cause I mean, Garrett, Garrett's super talented and where he's come, but a lot of times guys that wrestle come into wrestling that didn't come from a sports background. Right as being on a team, they yeah. struggle with advice. Yeah. Because it's just human nature. If you don't play in a sport and you're not coached, you, you're not used to that. And sure. you take it, you know, you have, you're the old saying, when a coach stops yelling, that's when you should be worried. And if you're not used to that, you, you take it. So I think when Garrett first started, he thought I was being mean and malicious. And it's like, no. Like, obviously, I, I need you to help me make money in this company so it keeps going. I mm-hmm. need you to be able to wrestle. So I have a new guy to wrestle, a new character. And so it's, uh, no, this is what, you know, you should do. And and I think when guys first start out and they're like, how was my match? Well, it's terrible. Okay. And this is why. Right. Um, and they're like, well, did I do anything good? No, because the things that you did were so bad, I couldn't watch the good things. Right. Um. And I think that's hard for guys. And but it's it, it, this isn't a business where you can sugarcoat it because one, you can get booed out of the building, and two, you can break your neck or break your opponent's neck. Yeah. So there's not really room to sugarcoat or be nice or be friendly or, or, or sugarcoat stuff in this business. So you, you really have to just tell them how it is. And and uh, you know, guys like him have just come such a long way. You know, Scott Phoenix. Uh, you know, I miss having him around because. He would do anything to entertain those fans and to put on a show. And, um, you know, and, you know, I kind of miss guys like, you know, Red Daniels, who, you know, he was kind of my right hand man. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I couldn't do it, he, he really, you and him are kind of one and one of the same. And and you know what I want. Mm -hmm. And uh, now there's been a new guy. I'm not going to put him on blast here, but he's figuring that out. And he's kind of one of the ones taking over the money and handling the stuff. And he's figuring out what what Tyler wants, yeah. what Tyler would want. Um, because, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, there's been a lot of companies in Southern Illinois. And I think it's safe to say Stride has been the most successful. Yeah, and definitely. I, you know, and, and I'm doing everything I can to help, you know, Anna and those other guys stay successful. But, I mean, we... Me and you have been part of every single other wrestling company 
that is came and we watched it burn to the ground yeah um and i uh and i think me and you together have learned what works what doesn't work and um and so i think now having guys that understand you know this is what it takes this is what it needs to be and i think the core guys that are involved now um that have been there you know axe you um garrett uh you know jay spade you know if he ever gets to come back um those guys those core guys roger mathis um you know those core guys that understand now okay this is what we have to do to make stripe work mm-hmm. like that's kind of what i've wanted the whole six years is to be like if i can't do this anymore or if i if i'm you know I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't at a stride show from March until uh, I came and attacked Riser. Yeah. And it ran smooth and it ran because you guys now understand what it takes and what, you know, and like, and even now you can go somewhere and, you know, take your paycheck and leave and it runs, (laughs) you know, completely smooth. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a good position to be in right now. I think with, with and you know everything. we need to talk about you know you know we did Sam Hunter did leave mm-hmm. you know uh, he did leave the company um, and you know he and you know replacing him you know was going to be a challenge you know we're going to announce that who the new replacement is um, at the show you know um, because somebody like Sam you know provided music right you know and he provided a. a a service that you know was very important to, to stride yeah it's not just about the on-camera stuff it, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes too yeah i mean you do almost all the social media stuff and all the online stuff and you put together the the videos the you know the, the tv show that goes online well i am looking forward to saturday night and of course uh, we also know uh, uh as as the poster says, a, a big grudge match and rivalry between Shane Rich and and Roger Mathis, and I'm glad to see Shane Rich is is back in wrestling again. And uh, you know, Roger, of course, big tough guy. You talked about him earlier when when you guys wrestled in that TLC match, and uh, you know, it, it's going to be a good night, I think, on Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I I think it is. I mean, there's there's a lot. Uh, planned a lot going on you know we really wanted to uh to get a venue you know a bigger venue to to have the show and um we just you know honestly just couldn't find one yeah you know? i mean that's all there is to it uh that that was affordable and made sense that was in the area and uh you know that's you know it, it stinks but uh but you know it's it's going to be a good night and you know and i i kind of like the you know, the way it it's played out, you know, all the titles are going to be defended and, um, you know, there's, there's going to be some, uh, some good matches. And so, um, I'm, uh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely excited and I'm definitely happy that I'm in a place right now where, you know, I can, uh, come and contribute and, and, you know, really honestly, just, you know, see the guys, you know, my first show back and, you of course dip out after <laughs> I'm there for five minutes, but you know uh, it's uh it's definitely exciting. 
It is exciting, and I appreciate you uh, being a part of the podcast and the first show of the new year. Thank you so much. Again, Tyler Heath Hatton. We'll see you Saturday night. And friends, fans, be sure to check out strideprowrestling.com for the very latest, and we will see you Saturday night. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Thank you.